Welcome to the Digital in Chemicals podcast. My name is Jeff Houghton, and I will be the host for this podcast going forward and today. This is the only podcast with a focus on digitization in the chemical industry. Digitization is a hard word for me to say, but you probably want to learn about it. This podcast is brought to you by Agilis Chemicals. And this podcast features interviews I've done, I will do, and will continue to do with people in the chemicals industry, um, in the e-commerce world. So it might be uh, one on, on uh, customer service. It might be on cybersecurity. It might be more specifically as it relates to chemicals. If that is of interest to you, I think you're going to have a great time with this podcast. This is episode one. We're going to put out a bunch of these. I think you'll enjoy them. Our first one, uh, this features an interview with Marius Varkamp. Marius is currently the North American Business Director for Components in the BASF Fuel and Lubricant Solutions business. I go into a more in-depth intro for him as we get going in the interview. But please enjoy my discussion with Marius. <laughs> So that we have Marius Varkop here with us today. Now, Marius said, it's very important to me. I have a huge ego. It's very important to me that you get my introduction exactly right. Um, people need to know. No, actually, I'm very um, concerned with getting introductions right. So I'm going to read his introduction in case you don't know Marius. Here we go. Marius is currently the North American Business Director for Components, <clears throat> excuse me, in the BASF fuel and lubricant solutions business. Over the course of his career in the chemical industry, he worked in R&D, R&D management, business development, sales, application engineering, product management, and at a BASF joint venture in Japan. He also worked in Germany and the Netherlands. His home is where his wife and three daughters are. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Marius Varkamp. Marius. Hey, good afternoon, or Amazing. good morning, or Amazing. good evening, depending on where everybody is. Can everybody hear me? I had some cheering noises for you. Oh, good. Great introduction, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> yes, thank you. I should, I should also mention that I made that up, that you don't have an ego about getting it right. You were like, yes, I can provide you with an intro. But um, So, Marius, I think uh, first what we have to get to is maybe people in the industry know, but if you could explain to anyone that doesn't know, what's behind you? What's your background? So I'm, I think you explained a little bit, but I'm, I would spend all my life in the chemical industry or in chemistry. I studied chemistry university, uh, got actually a PhD in chemical engineering. Then um, as part of that PhD, I did quite a bit of programming uh, to look at uh, yeah, fancy data analysis. And uh, I actually also started a company doing that. Um, and uh, that has been quite interesting. So I've always looked at like digital and computers and, and what can we do? How can we make things simpler, easier, faster? How can we reach more people? Um, I built a website for that uh, software in 1996. Yeah, wow. So, uh, <laughs> that's on the uh, that's a long edge. time ago. <laughs> yeah, that was cutting edge at that time. Exactly. Yeah. So, so real quick, before we get all the way into career stuff, because we'll want to get into that, I want people to know that also you're a human person. You're not just a functioning robot that does great work. Mm -hmm. um, you said you're, you're from the Netherlands originally? 
Yes, and uh, so I grew up there on a farm. And um, as uh, I've always uh, said, it's like, if you have a farmer's mind, yeah, you can solve problems and you can make money. So yeah. <laughs> those are the two things that farmers are pretty, pretty good at because you, you got to make do with what you have. And uh, so we spent, uh, we had a, we had a diverse farm, yeah, uh, cows, uh, tractor, of course, uh, pigs, but also did some, grew uh, uh, some corn and stuff. And so it was an interesting time, but not too many time, not too many, not too much time for friends. Uh, so that really came when uh, I went to university, I have to say, uh, branched out socially and uh, spent a lot of time playing sports. Um, we, uh, yeah, did a lot of traveling at that time uh, with my, uh, yeah, going to like what people will probably know, like the four weeks uh, trip through Europe on the train. Uh, highly recommended. Um, yeah. If you like backpacking, etc., and uh, stuff like that. And then um, yeah, after that, I, I wanted to see things from the world. So that's how I ended up in Japan. Um, and uh, where actually I went by, where I had a great time, came back. Um, and then now with an international company, uh, you have the opportunity to take some uh, international assignments if you're interested. And uh, that has brought me to all these other different countries. So yeah. Really good. But I've been in the States since 2001, actually, already. So I'm coming up on uh, two this okay. anniversary okay well there you go everyone now let's now let's get into it let's get into your your career and kind of take us into your journey kind of in the world of chemistry and then your role with BASF yeah so I build on I think the the education piece so catalysis was my interest and did a lot of technical jobs uh, even invented a few things as people would say and uh, then uh, commercialized them uh, spend a lot of time like on, in roles like product management, business development, sales, uh, looking at the technical sales or application engineering. Uh, as I said in the introduction, spent some time at a joint venture uh, in Japan. So it was all great. And then I moved into what I would say the, the core of BSF a bit more in 2015, uh, where we do fuel and lubricant solutions. Uh, where we really do a number of different things, ranging from supplying brake fluids to actually selling chemicals that go into engine oil, et cetera. And so we're sort of more of a specialty chemicals business, I would say, than a commodity chemicals business. And they have done different things, ranging from managing uh, our R&D portfolio, setting some strategic direction, um, but also now it's like if, if you own the PNL, of course, you, uh, you, you get into day-to-day -day kind of conversations about how's the Texas freeze impacting us and, and, and what, what you are, what's the right pricing in the market and, mm -hmm. and how do we serve our customers better. So there's a, a wide range of topics that have my interest. I've over time really moved from being very data or I'd say content driven and wanting to do things myself to uh, really trying to make, to help people to solve their problems. That's been quite an interesting journey. Uh, so. Yeah, that is interesting. So in terms of uh, what you just kind of almost transitioned us to, which is uh, helping people solve their problems and stuff, like you, BASF, been around for a long time, very big company. How do you, so then you start a digital commerce channel for your business what brought you to that decision? Because 
things were going fine, I suppose. But like, what brought you to that decision to do that? I think if you, even before we had the pandemic, it, it was clear that social media was very powerful. Uh, I, I, for myself and, and the websites that, that everybody sees, like searching on the internet about how do I find my products? How do I distribute information? Yeah, th these are topics that I think are near and dear to my heart. And then you start looking at like, okay, what resources do I have to grow my business? And you start to ask, okay, do I have people? Do I try to get some of these channels better? How, what, what are the right things? And um, I, I looked at particularly this, this channel is like, okay, how can I reach the most customers for the bang of my buck? Yeah, so you can go to conferences, you can, but there you have a, a limited number of people you can uh, meet. You're still depending on people that come to your booth, so to say. So it's kind of like they pick you out. And it's difficult to push out, push out the message. And what what you really want is to to be heard in the big noise, kind of like that's all uh, surrounding surrounding us. So you say, okay, so what what do we do? Uh, how do we how do we get this right? And it was not just about what I would say having an having an e-commerce platform. Yeah, that somebody can place an order. We have that. Yeah, BSF does have Elemica. Um, we do have our own, yeah, what, what we call world account, uh, where people basically can place an order and, and look at some of this stuff. But it's like, how do we, how do people find the information? How do they? Uh, get a sample how do we make all this of this easier in terms of a customer journey and uh, so we started to look at okay what are the things that we really need yeah is it the e-commerce platform is it digital presence do we need to be able to supply documents to our customers does it need to get easier to make uh, to order samples how do we do transactions um and then I think the enlightening moment came a little bit when I said, okay, so, but how is our digital presence? Yeah, if so, you, two years ago, or when you went go on Google and you would basically say, okay, search for Openall, the particular product line that we, we've, we've worked with a lot here in this space, you wouldn't even see us, I think, until the third page. Yeah, I think now through all the work that we've done, it's like, I think we're, we're definitely on the first page. I don't know what today's ranking is, but we're probably number one or number two. Uh, if, if people search for these kinds of products at this point, search for these kinds of products. And that's really, I think, thanks to what we've done here. And so that's one piece. We, our, in our presence, our digital presence significantly improved. And then the other part that we asked is like, okay, so now people have found us. So what? Yeah, what's going to happen? Are they going to run into some digital wall that they can't get any information? Um, it's a little bit of a mea culpa, but we're a huge company, BSF, and to get information out of our website is not so simple. Yeah, uh, but there's a lot of work going on to make this better. Actually, this morning I saw another improvement, but I, I was a little bit of a main patient person, <laughs> and so I said, "Okay, what can I do?" Yeah, and then uh, talked with with the Jillis folks, with Jay, and he said, "Okay, I have exactly what you need. Yeah, I can do this whole journey." digital presence to providing information to giving people the samples to providing them the pricing and then even do the transaction yeah and so that is what 
really for me differentiates uh, what I was looking for. It's not just about, okay, I want to get my, uh, my products on an, an e-commerce platform so that people, when they go there, they can find it. Um, that wasn't the target. The target was to really make this customer journey from A to Z much easier. And uh, so then we did a lot of kind of like comparisons. There's, there's many different platforms that kind of show offer this partially. Yeah, but I couldn't see anything that actually had the kind of integration that uh, the Agilis platform has. So uh, I took the jump. Yeah, we said, okay, well, what are we going to do? Are we going to take this risk, or are we going to do with some of the more established uh, items? And we said, okay, now we're gonna we're gonna take the risk. We're gonna uh, do this. It went very quickly. I have to say, uh, we got from decision making to up and running in less than two months. So it wasn't. Uh, we did have a. Uh, one one half a day workshop yeah uh to iron everything out in terms of like what's going here what's going here what's going here lots of technical questions but from a resource perspective uh it was quite manageable uh, and we did actually did this is interesting we did this in march and april last year this was just just think about this <laughs> you implemented a whole new e-commerce so, side in March and April. So yeah. but it sounds like what you're saying, if I can kind of summarize what you're saying, is that what what you like is that there's this holistic approach to it from, yeah. from being noticed to once you get there, it seems like it's a lot of removing barriers for the customer. And then on the back end, it's removing barriers for you. So it's smooth from beginning to end. Yeah, it's it's barriers, but then also being found. Don't forget the part where a customer is looking. It's like, look at the picture behind me. Yeah, that's Opinol. That's polyisobutylene. Anybody knows exactly what it is? It's quite sticky. It has very, very good barrier properties. Um, it flows. It has great, we can adjust this kind of flow properties. So somebody looking for that kind of, those kinds of properties, it's very difficult to basically type in these properties and then find it. So now this is possible. And so what that means is that the platform also gives us access to new customers. Uh, and and I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that we found some customers that we've never heard of before. And we've seen some, we've, we've gone through this whole journey from finding, establishing contracts, sending the sample, getting qualified, and then doing the first transaction. So this is really something that is particularly in this pandemic environment, this is extremely difficult, yeah? Uh, but I think even going forward, as well as in the past, this is a, a, a great thing to do. And if you would branch out internationally, I think it's even more powerful. You know, we've so far really focused on North America, but uh, I think there's, um, there's lots of expansion possibility there to make it even more powerful. Yeah, so, so I can imagine that you can... Um... <clears throat> come in from your perspective in terms of what your needs are and, and wanting to attract customers and make their experience easier. And then there's the, um, the launching of it. And, and you're asking customers at the start to, to do something different. So how is, how is that like kind of customer onboarding going? Was there, was there pushback or did they find it easier or was it, was it a learning curve or? That's an excellent question. I think it was we we transferred, we had 60 customers that we identified as being good candidates to actually run their transactions through the plat through the through the actual without say the back end piece of it. And um, 
we did some onboarding on this. We sent them uh, an, an announcement before we went live, and then it took three to four weeks before everybody was on board. We had one particular customer who was not very happy, uh, but uh, took a couple of, of months, and then eventually they said, okay, actually, this works pretty well. So uh, we're going to start using it as well. So we had a 100% conversion rate. And as far as we can see, we have no lost customers. Yeah, we actually see, I've seen an uptick in uh, repeat purchases. And uh, so that just, I think, helps with the strength of the platform. Uh, there's really uh, material, there's, there's really information available in the status of the orders, et cetera. So it's a, it, I would say there I have, if anybody would ask me, I have no concerns. Yeah, and um, in terms of like, okay, can you transition your customers? It's, I think it's actually easier for the customers to do this than to to even talk to a customer service rep. Yeah, yeah that's saying something. So, hmm. you're now a year, about a year in, um, mm -hmm. and and there are folks that are watching that are considering whether they would want to or not. What um, has it? has it met your expectations? And then what are some of the lessons that, that you've learned? Because you're kind of an early adopter. So um, you got to kind of learn some of those lessons that you can pass on to other people. Yeah, there's, first off, in terms of like, has it met my expectations? Yes, I think we, I was actually hoping that we could grow our, custom, our, our business a little bit. Yeah, in terms of what we've seen, if I look at like, okay, we had 60 customers, we had a, let's say revenue of 100. Over the past year, we've actually achieved uh, revenue of 150, 50, 60 customers. Yeah, plus we found, uh, I think we've put new transactions with uh, two or three. Yeah, and uh, I don't know the exact status. And then there's a whole bunch of them in the pipeline. So in terms of like, has it met my um expectations in terms of business results absolutely yeah it, it it really has paid off greatly because it's it's built us given us exist existing business it has increased our presence and also honestly it has decreased complexity a bit uh inside bsf so those are those are good things i think i'd say okay if, if the learnings from us is like preparation is actually pretty important. You got to get some clarity in your head in terms of what do you want to achieve? Yeah, if you want to make transactions easier, okay, maybe you don't spend so, spend so much time on this front end of the digital marketing. Yeah, we have actually the back end. We basically took what was there. We said, okay, well, we don't want to modify it too much from what, uh, what, what was on the platform. And we spent our efforts on, uh, getting the digital marketing piece right, uh, integrating it also with email marketing so that we can uh, run campaigns and, and target messages to people in certain industries uh, and, and, and think about, okay, if there's an application, let's say in, um, in medical or in chewing gum or in mining, they look for different types of, diff different, different types of properties, different types of products, and, and the the value of the product is different to them. So you you you, you got to highlight different items in those situations, and um, it it does come with the capability to basically understand where these customers come from. Uh, you can do even fancier things in terms of uh, 
uh, tying this back to individual IDs and then account-based marketing that uh, I think people are advertising a lot about. But, uh, so those capabilities are all there. And uh, that's, that's where we've spent our time. And uh, the Agilis team has been extremely helpful in terms of setting us all up because we were not experts on these things when we started. We just said, okay, we want to do this. And you got to be clear about what you, what you want, where you want help. And actually, this is also a good point, I think. You, you got to be clear um, about what you want to do yourself and where do you going to accept help. Yeah. Um, I would recommend the content is, you got to keep control over that. But outside of that, how to do uh, these digital pieces, um, there's so many ways. And, and, and ask the experts for help. I think that's really is, uh, is, is a good thing to, to work on. Yeah, and it, it, one of the things I find fascinating that it's not, um, hey, we made an Amazon. Here's the platform. It's mm-hmm. it 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 seems much more um, integrated in what your needs are and adaptive in terms of what your needs are. Would you say that? Yeah, I, I, we we at BSF we we do have run, we've run some trials on eBay. And, and on Amazon, yeah, not putting any of these platforms, but there, there are certain situations where those are excellent. Yeah, if you have great brand recognition and you just need a place to sell your stuff, uh, perfect, yeah, that, that, that might be the best solution for you. If in like in our case, we wanted to also create brand, we wanted to create presence, uh, you need a different place. If you are, um, People already know you, but you you want to be stacked up on a chemical marketplace. There are excellent solutions for that as well. Yeah, um, and so for us, it really is about this whole piece. It covers the whole space. And I think actually, if you wanted to, you could actually pick what what pieces you want to use. Uh, and you got to be clear about this. And then you got to think about okay, what is my cost most cost effective solution? Um, and where would I want to go in the future? That's the other thing that I would. Uh, caution everybody about because putting these pieces together piecemeal yeah it's like of course it's possible yeah uh, but programming these interfaces putting them together putting all the agreements in place uh these are this is a company company situation so it, it always creates friction uh having everything on one platform and on one hand is this really has some benefits and that's kind of isn't that kind of where you were before which is to say we had these pieces, but they didn't speak. They weren't integrated yeah, seamlessly. They didn't speak or we were actually weak in some areas to be completely fair. Yeah. It's like our, our internet presence was from my perspective insufficient. And uh, we've been able to address that with this action. The other pieces, you could argue we had something. Yeah. And, and it, it, it met our needs. Was it state of the art? Okay. Debatable. Yeah, and now we have basically something that is that works from A to Z as a well-oiled, lubricated machine, I should say, because from coming from fuels and lubricants. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so then there's there's kind of two sides to it. You talk about the um, the ease on the back end for you, and then the ease for the customer and and attracting new customers. I'm curious then about your current customers that that you onboarded with it. Has it increased your sales with those customers in any way that you can tell? Yeah. So with um, the the customers that we brought over, yeah, from the existing ones, they they have ordered more. 
yeah and also from some of them we we've, we've seen some what i would say yeah in, uh, increased order frequency yeah so they, they can choose different ways of being served yeah you can buy 100 kilograms or a metric ton in one shot or 10 metric tons or you can try to space it out so there's some some advantages to how that gets managed in terms of inventory and, and, and transportation costs and all those things. So we, we've not seen anything where I would say we've lost, um, yeah, we've lost business as a result of this transition. I, I, I we can't point to any, any customer where this has happened. Yeah. Um, so I, I think from our resistance on the customer side, didn't see much. Um, or, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, we, we just had one customer that said, okay, I'd, I'd prefer to email in my um, my orders. Uh, eventually, they also transitioned. So it's, it's, it's not that big of a deal once you get going and you can do it pretty quickly. It's like a couple of weeks, but you got to be clear also in terms of like, okay, this is happening and you do need to provide a little bit of resources at the, at the start. Yeah, but uh, we were able to manage this with our existing staff. Uh, we asked the dealers for some help. Yeah, to be completely honest, but they were quite quite capable of providing this, and um, yeah, no issues. Yeah. So you mentioned so, earlier that um, <clears throat> I'm trying to think of like folks watching that are, are are considering it. You had mentioned like to be thinking about what what you want out of it. Could you expand on that, like, and how that was helpful for you going into it, or how it might be helpful for someone else? So what, one of the key decisions that we had to make at the start was, um, so we have a portal. We, we basically made a new website to support the whole effort. Yeah, so, um, and there, that actually turned out to be pretty pivotal from my perspective in terms of how we thought about the business, because we did have some general product pages on BSF, com but then in this case this really provided us the opportunity to say okay how do we want this to look we have a new modernizing look we said okay do we want to tie this to end users to applications i'm a big favor of thinking about uh, your products in terms of applications how do your customers use it yeah and not so much on terms of like, okay, this is our product that we sell and, and structure everything around that. I really think like to think about, okay, my customer is in the lubricant industry. So uh, they need these kinds of properties. They are in mining or they're in food packaging. And so they need different kinds of properties and therefore different grades of the products that I'm offering or different products that I'm offering uh, are a good split. And so that forced us into having those discussions uh, ourselves a little bit yeah and that really I think also resulted into a, a yeah sharper offering in terms of uh, what we articulated on that uh, yeah external presence and then we had some interesting uh, honestly these are honest conversations about okay what what can people see what's available in the open internet and what's available after people register yeah uh, there, there are some things that we consider not, yeah, not three hundred percent confidential because eventually we give it to customers, obviously. Uh, but that we think we want to kind of know control a little bit better where it goes, and so we had to, we made some clear separation around okay, this kind of information is available open, and this is available to, yeah after your your register, 
and then also where's when do you start providing some support if there are further further questions uh, around the application and what what kind of recommendations do you give so laying that out are you and and really trying to structure that i think is really helpful for your own team yeah if you haven't done this uh clarify some roles and responsibilities but it also if you if you have that you can also start thinking about okay what part of this can i automate yeah what part of this is is actually fairly standard so that i can make a document and actually just make it available and not necessarily to everybody but after people have registered whether you tell them at some point and give them a powerpoint or whether you just make this available as a white paper uh, there you have some efficiency gains, 24-7 uh, access, um, items like that, that can really help you as a business to, uh, to make the journey for the customer easier. And so this piece where thinking on terms of like, what is the, how does the customer interact with your portal and your product? I think to bring that, I think to the point and to, to sharpen that conversation in your own organization, this can be quite an helpful, a helpful journey. Okay, so I'm going to ask you two more questions, then we'll open it up for uh, questions from the folks watching the webinar. Um, so you've mentioned a couple times how uh, you got help from Agilis. Um, so I'm thinking of like uh, how you are at this point where you're like, we can do something better with our digital um, offerings. We can do something better with it. Um, here's Agilis. It provides this, this, and this, and you offered, you got some help. What is that that integration or communication look like between you and Agilis as you're launching in terms of what, how they support mm -hmm. you. Yeah. So remember I said April, May and April last year. Yeah. So this was the start of the pandemic. So it was a, <laughs> I think we had our, uh, we, we had our uh, workshop, I think early March, yeah, just before everything closed down. And uh, so that was one of the last things we did face to face. Um, and what Agilis really provided there was like, okay, we have some thoughts about what a website should look like. Yeah. In terms of like, uh, they looked at our, some of our stuff and they said, okay, we, we want this here. We want this here. This is the typical elements of what we want. And then we actually did provide all the content. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, uh, we brought our technical team, our marketing folks, etc., to say, okay, well, where does this go? What kind of questions do we get normally? And so we, it took us half a day, yeah, to be honest, and it was was pretty intense. We broke up in some working groups, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But we were managed able to go through all of this, and then um, I'd say the yeah the the test environment was built, and then there was of course some wordsmithing and and okay, what pictures go where, and and some 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 of those things. But I went pretty smooth, I would say. So uh, we had a couple of people heavily involved, um, but for only a couple of weeks. And uh, so it was, it was not unmanageable in terms of like, okay, I got to provide a, a ton of extra resources to make this happen. Yeah, if I, we, we could also have said, okay, we want to build this website ourselves inside BSF, and then I'd have to go and actually find those resources, etc. But uh, it was just much easier to also from an integration perspective to say, okay, we, we do this with the Agilis team because then the backend integration into the sample ordering and the registration and all of that, that's just right there. Yeah. Um, so we didn't, 
we, we did make the decision to actually run the whole website on the agility infrastructure. Yeah, it's interesting that that really is not a long time frame from we have a we have a meeting now we're working intensely for a couple of weeks to implement that that yeah, it was, was pretty it quick. Was, it was great. I, re I really thought that I it's like at BSF um, we. Once we've made decisions and that we're going to do things, we are actually quite good, in my opinion, at, at getting things done and implementing them. But to actually get there and to master the resources, uh, this this can take quite a bit of time. And uh, with the flexibility that Agilis provided, this really I, I wanted to get this done. Uh, uh, particularly when this uh, <laughs> when the pandemic started, I said, okay, this is really something we need. We need and we need it now. So I didn't want to wait anymore. But uh, I think. Um, now, even when we're coming out of the pandemic, this is here to stay. Yeah, uh, I think the, the I think there's a few industry conferences that are starting to start up, but I think there's a lot of people who have liked some of the aspects of virtual conferences, um, and and then putting this back in. I think this is something that every business needs, not just in the chemical industry. It's a, it's it's a broader issue topic. And I think this is happening. Yeah, and our and our um, our expectations of what that should look like as a customer has changed. Like our, our expectations are higher that like it should be seamless. I shouldn't have to mm -hmm. turn off a PDF or whatever that might be, but I shouldn't have to do these obstacles. It should be it should be seamless, and it's kind of particularly like you said last year. It's our expectation now, so. Last question, and then we'll open it up to everyone. <clears throat> so where do you see the future of digital commerce going in the industry? It depends a bit on where you are in the chemical industry. Yeah? So I think there's a specialty sec specialty chemicals, uh, there's commodity chemicals. It's like, if you wanna make a simple uh, separation and you have, of course, also geographical differences. In commodity chemicals, I think there is a little less need for product information and a buyer journey, et cetera, et cetera. It's really a little bit more about like, okay, how do we get an efficient platform and get these things? Um, but you still need to be found as a supplier of these uh, basic chemicals. Yeah. And of course, there are huge consumers of basic chemicals, and then there are actually people that need a little bit less. Yeah. And how do you serve these smaller customers? Yeah, it, I think nobody in the chemical industry is ready to basically, or in any industry, to say, okay, I, my top 20 or my top 20 chemist, uh, customers, I'm just going to move on a digital platform. And I, I, will, I will basically run my whole, my whole business digitally. I, I don't see that happening. But there is a large number of customers in, in nearly every business that are not served perfectly. To put it mildly, <laughs> yeah, and things like this can be can really improve their experience. Yeah, if you if you make this material available, if you and maybe it's a little more work on their side because they got to go find it, but they can get the answer instead of waiting for two weeks until they get an answer from somebody when after they've sent an email into some sort of customer care at whoever, yeah. Um, and then it takes a long time before they hear something and they don't know where to go. So I think this is really like where I, I see the world moving. I think this is also on a, on a, 
a general customer base is what you are expecting, but I see the same in, in the business environment where we, uh, we do have also as a big company, we're trying to speed up. Yeah. When somebody contacts us, how do we route this in our large cost in our, in our big company? How do we route it here? How do we route it there? And those are things that you got to look at your IT infrastructure. How do you use platforms like this and where does it, where does it lead you? Yeah. So it, it's not, it's not as simple as saying, okay, this is uh, the cookie cocker solution for everything. I, I don't think so, but I think that you, you got to think through, okay, where are my pain points uh, for myself and my customers? Where do I see value? Where do I see, where can I generate some additional revenue? Um, and, and or where can I take cost out? Yeah. So there's a, in the end, it's a business conversation about, uh, do you want to do this? Uh, but um, I think there's there's a huge demand for this kind of stuff, and and I think many many companies can improve their operations here. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. So now we're moving into the questions from the audience, and uh, so we've got uh, about twenty minutes left, left, a little less. Uh, we got some questions here, we, and feel free to add some more if you have some more questions. But um, let's go with this one. So the question is how to segment our market in digital marketing. How do you make sure that only specific categories of prospects receive our message? Uh, that's a good question. Um, so I, I think what the question relates to is like, okay, what channels do you use? Yeah, we have uh, with all chemical business pretty much have, let's say a direct channel and a distribution channel. And then, okay, is this digital incremental or how do you integrate it with those two things? I think is a big, big, big discussion. So in our case, we've basically decided to put this whole platform on top of everything that we do and it's worked well. So we've transitioned a bunch of direct customers onto the platform. But if you have um, a, a distributor model and distributors that uh, also this, so that uh, provide certain services to you or agents, you, you got to find a way to basically either integrate it or to route some of the leads into that sales channel. Yeah. So uh, we've also seen that uh, sometimes some of our bigger customers contact us on the platform. Yeah. And then it comes back and actually we do route this to our direct uh, customer team to actually service these things because at some point you got to connect it to the, the different things and there's no i i and, and that is something that you you need to think a little bit about when you set it up um so it's an excellent question but this is going to depend really on how you run your business what you've set up how you how your relations are ship or ships are with your distributors um it, it, it can work really well I think, but there's also some people that will have some resistance in some of these areas. And you gotta make yeah. some decisions. Yeah, so it is like, um, it can be a big step for people and there's an investment involved. There's, there's uh, onboarding customers. There's, there's, it's, a, it's a process. So then when you want to make that investment, you need to optimize it as best you can, right? So, so, the question here is how do you optimize the extent of digitalization? How do you avoid flooding your teams with new mm -hmm. initiatives? Uh, 
Yeah, so um, that, that to me comes a little bit, that's not even a, a general digital manager, it's really like a, how do you lead in general and how do you, you manage the workload for your, for your people? Um, and um, I think if you would look at, um, we touched on this a couple of times, but I think the, the, the part where you want to, to think about is, okay, what, is, what are the core things that you want to keep ownership of as a company, yeah, as, a, as, as the owner of this brand, as the owner of this product, etc. And those things you, I would highly recommend you keep doing yourself as a business. Yeah, there's, I, I, at least I couldn't justify for my business to, to outsource that. But then there are things that I would not see as core competencies, um, which where you can ask for help either from your internal service organizations. Yeah, like we have sometimes in BSF uh, heavily available. You could contract it out. You could bring on flexible workforces, or you could even ask. You could also ask a company like Agilis to actually provide some of that as, as part of the package uh, that you buy. So there's there's different models you can do here, um, depending on what you what you feel is critical and what kind of resources you have available. There is um, uh, obviously there's it's an effort to start to start up, but it's not crazy. Yeah. Um, it, it, I felt it was quite quite reasonable uh, when we started, and with with all the content that we did, it's it's paid over, paid out many times over. Yeah. Okay. So um, here's a question for you: Have you considered integration with legacy systems, ERP, CRM? Should that be thought of at the launch or later? We decided to postpone this discussion <laughs> when we when we launched. <laughs> So uh, we said, okay, let's uh, forget that we, did, we didn't, we, we wanted to get going and uh, we, we felt we had a good scope. And so we said, okay, let's go. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll sort that out later. Now you could, the, if you would expect, I would say thousands of transactions uh, every month, you, you will have to figure out how to integrate this into your back, back end using an ERP, et cetera. Uh, the other piece where we are currently thinking about is like, how do we integrate this further with our own CRM platform and our leads management system? Uh, that is for us the next step uh, because we, we at BSF, we just implemented a new CRM system, um, which over the past year, and now there's some questions about, okay, how do we integrate the Atelos platform into this? Yeah. Uh, from a leads management perspective, are we, would we push leads out into the platform or can we find a way to bring leads in? Uh, and both directions are actually interesting. Yeah. In terms of thinking about it in terms of like, okay, if on our CRM platform, if we have a lead after that, everything's manual. Yeah, you, 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 you got to do this whole journey, sample requests, uh, making documents available, et cetera, et cetera. This is all still manual in the company. So if we could take this lead, put it in the CRM platform and convince the customer or in the, let's say the Agilis platform and convince the customer, provided that we, this is a product line that is on there to actually do, go into much more of a self-serve mode, we'd have a huge gain in terms of being able to number of leads we can process. Yeah, because it's, um, yeah, for me, finding new, new business is a, a bit of a numbers game. 
you're going to have to typically have like maybe a hundred leads before you have one business, uh, convert 10 leads to, or a hundred leads to 10 real opportunities and then close one of them. And so the more you can run them, of course it will weed itself out. Yeah. And, but that's a good area to spend some time thinking about. So I, to summarize it, it depends, which is typical, the typical answer I would say, but, um, if you feel that you you have a good system already that you can build on, I would say, if, if I were to provide any guidance, then uh, I, I try to define it up front. But like in our case, we didn't have really something we could build on. So I said, we're just going to jump and then we'll deal with the aftermath later. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of, so logistical question, is your team, is, uh, yeah, is your team able to control access to your e-commerce portal? How do you prevent competition from getting an access? Oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, oh, that's a good question. So from uh, so we, we have, of course, a registration and the registrations are not automatic. They are actually reviewed and approved. Um, so we, and then there is on the portal itself, um, it does allow the capability to actually, for every registered user, you can make certain products available and you can make certain and you can individually set the pricing. So there's a, essentially a, what I would say a registration barrier where you can do some verification. Uh, we wouldn't give anybody with a Gmail address, for example, access unless there's very, very tough uh, verification. Um, it needs to be with a company. We've got to confirm that. Um, and so then, and then the pricing you, you can set as, as you would uh, see it fit, yeah, uh, within limits, but uh, okay. you can make that available as needed. Okay, so a few more questions. We got about 10 minutes left. So do you see it working for both commodity and specialty products or anything in between? I think it's a little bit this whole journey from finding us to providing technical support, samples, et cetera, et cetera. It's a little bit better suited for um, specialty uh, chemicals, but I would also say that for smaller customers of commodity businesses, this is also a very good model where it's, where it is integrated. Yeah, um, I think if you would, if if I think about high volume um, commodity chemicals, I'm. I, I'm not so sure this is the, the way you want to go. Yeah, I did. We did do some um, in one of my previous roles. We were a heavy supplier to the automotive industry. And there actually a lot of the stuff actually just from an order and, 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 and order management system. It just it's like already 10 years ago, it just all came in via Alemica. And uh, once you have that, you can't really improve in terms of daily order visibility and those kinds of things. So once you have the transaction, all, all these, all those systems set up going to this kind of a platform, I don't see the advantages, but if you're looking at, okay, I, I don't have this in place. Um, I think you have a lot of options and this could just be one of them. Okay. All right. Next question. You're doing great. Does putting content about our products on the company's website suffice, 
Or is it important to share high quality content which highlights actionable information on how our brand can improve customers' products? There's multiple ways to look at this. Um, if you, um, and, and it goes a little bit back to what we talked about earlier, it's like specialty versus commodity. If you have a specialty chemical, in, in most cases, it's pretty specialized in where it's going, where it's for. It's like you think about uh, the best example of a specialty chemical is, uh, is medicines, pharmaceuticals. They are designed for one particular application and this and that. And those benefits are very, very clearly understood and articulated. Um, so, and it's also publicly available, I would say. Now, once you get into chemicals that have a broader use, you got to start thinking about, okay, if I use this, um, let's say styrene, if I use it for packaging, uh, it has these kinds of benefits if I to make polystyrene out of it, if I use it as a raw material to make pesticides, has a different kind of um, value proposition to the to the end users. And that is where I think the digital marketing piece really comes in. It's like, how do you then articulate this in a manner that it can um, either be incorporated in your email campaigns yeah, uh, or whether you can actually put this in a way on your website that people can find it. Just putting it on there is not enough. Yeah, it, there's so much information on the website. If, if, if it cannot be found, um, that is part of the task that you, you do the search engine optimization, uh, you integrate it well, and take these next steps in terms of, okay, what, what happens when they're on that website? Yeah. Can they register? Can they ask for a sample? How, how do you integrate those pieces? And those steps are from my perspective, critical. It's like, there's so many, if, if you look at anybody, I don't know any statistics here, but there's so many people who visit the website and they say, ah, hmm, I, I can't make heads or tails of this. So I'm leaving. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, you do this all the time when you go somewhere on the internet. And that's not what you want to happen. Yeah, but because that's potentially a customer loss. So you got to make it sufficiently content rich that people stay and actually take these next steps. Yeah, it really is. Um, and we all do this when we're online. Like if there is like initially, if there's some confusion when you first go to a website you haven't gone to before and it's confusing. It's like, too many advertisements, too many this, too many that. It's like, I can make, where is my, I, I thought I was going to find something about A and where is it? <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. Your, your patients, our collective patience for websites that aren't very user-friendly is low, low patience yeah. for it. Yeah. Pretty low. Okay. So um, let's end with this question. Um Last one, do you think digitalization works for business processes other than marketing and order capture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is, uh, it's, I was thinking about this before we went in, it's a digital in chemistry. It's like we have uh, virtual, ver we use digital a lot in, let's say designing plants. We use digital in trying to 
in, in supply chain. Yeah, how much do we inventory do we need? So there's so many places where let's say digital uh, can be an advantage that and, and where you need to look at in terms of, okay, how can I improve my business? What I am, and, and so it's not just about, okay, marketing, digital marketing, e-commerce, but then also even on the order to cash side, the back end, yeah, how do you make that easier? And, and how do you follow up? How do you do payment reminders? How do you, we've seen the emergence of a lot of platforms for small businesses where people can send invoices and then do single click payments. Uh, so it's, there's plenty of ideas about what can be digitized further outside of what we talked about today. And uh, I, I actually do have some activities uh, in this space as well, but they're inside the company. so. Don't talk about those. <laughs> but I imagine that it can be the thought of digitization for marketing, for order processing, for these all these other things could feel like this mountain <laughs> that like you're like, I don't yeah, know how yeah, to yeah, 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 climb yeah. this. And it seems like that's a lot of where Agilis comes in and says, we're mm-hmm. a place where you can ask these questions and we have the answers and we can form it together. Actually, this is... It's a, this is a very, very good note, Jeff. I think it's in, in the end, it's about, okay, can you work with these people to actually make this happen? Yeah. Is it, uh, how do you, you put this together? I think we, we built up a quite a nice rapport very, very quickly on, on the people side and the teams work very well together. And, uh, well, of course, I'd like to take some credit for that, but the Agilis team should take some as well. And uh, there's, there's this, how do you start this up? It's like there needs to be some chemistry, so to say, in, in, in terms of uh, between the companies and the people that actually need to implement these things. So I, I, I like the way you phrase that. That's a really good way to look at it and, and say, okay, well, how, what do you do next? And then this, this whole mountain, I think it's, don't be afraid. Yeah, these are not... Um, People say it's not rocket science, but even rockets are built piece by piece. Yeah, it's a pump, it's a valve, it's it's a this, and this is also what this is. Yeah, there's the, it's a step by step process, and if you ask the right questions along the way, and you have a fairly clear picture of what you want, um, and, and you ask some people for help, uh, that's what I've learned over the over the years throughout my career. Of course, early on, you're a little bit proud, but later on, you just gotta ask for help. It works really well. Yeah, I can guarantee you. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's wrap this up. Marius, thanks so much for, for joining us. Um, super insightful and appreciate like kind of all your insight from having already integrated and started it. Thanks everyone for joining us. Jeff was great. Thanks for the time. I uh, really enjoyed it was intellectually stimulating. Great questions. The audience as well. Thank you for all the questions. It was uh, quite insightful and uh, yeah. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you.